0: I particularly think of those who come from other churches or from other places and visit our church and they need our assistance in some way. If they serve the Lord and His church, we should assist them as much as we can. Because they, like Phoebe, assist us in other ways. Think about those who serve and support the church. Think about those who serve and support this church and come to us from other churches and serve and support the church at large. Think about people like that and give thanks for them this morning. Second, give thanks for those in the church who work with you and protect you. Give thanks for those in the church who work with you and protect you. Look at verse 3. He says, give my greetings to Prissa. Now you may better recognize her by the name she's called in the book of Acts, Priscilla. Give my greetings to Priscilla or Prissa and Aquila. And they're sort of prominent characters or figures in the early church as it's recorded in the book of Acts. They were originally residents of Rome, but at some point the emperor Claudius made all the Jews leave and they being Jewish had to leave and so eventually they made their way to the city of Ephesus where they were with the apostle Paul. And they literally worked with Paul, didn't they? They were tent makers. He lived with them. He worked with them. And they were spiritually co-workers with Paul. Working in the church. You might remember that it was Priscilla and Aquila. Who took the super talented and gifted Apollos off to the side. And instructed him more fully in the way of the Lord. And in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ. Look down to verse 9. We see the same language there. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ. Look back to verse 4 where he says about Priscilla and Aquila who risk their own necks for my life. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how this happened we do know that Paul encountered some trouble in Ephesus maybe it was there that they rushed to his defense and risked their own lives to defend the apostle Paul and he says at the end of verse 4 not only do I thank them but so do all the gentile churches I want you to think now of those who work with you in our church or in your church if you're not from our church or maybe those who have worked with you in other churches that you've been a part with or those that work with you from other churches. Think of them. Think down through the years of those who have worked with you most closely in service to the Lord and His church. Give thanks for them. They're worth being thankful for, right? Now think of those who protect you. Like Priscilla and Aquila did with Paul. Think of those who risk their own necks for you. That's a true brother in Christ. There are those within the church who want to put your neck on the line. But not as many who will stick their own necks out for you. Think of those who have defended you. Think of those who have your back. I do. And I'm very thankful. For those who have taken bullets for me, thank you. For those who take bullets with me, thank you. Not long after I got here, I got this card, and it's a, a a long card, but most of it is written by the person who wrote it. And here's what the last line says: "Anyway I can bear your honor, any way I can bear your armor, I would be honored. And this is written from one who has borne my armor." On more than one occasion. And there are many others like him. Who have done the same. And I'll never forget you. And because you've had my back. I'll always have yours. I think about not too long ago. A couple of weeks ago. Someone came in my office. We stayed late that afternoon. On his way out. He said to me. He turned around. He was walking down my steps. And he said. I am 100% behind you. Think of people like that. And give thanks for them. Third, give thanks for the fellowship of believers that is the church. Give thanks for the fellowship of believers that is the church. Look at verse 5. He says... Greet also the church that meets in their home. You see, it wasn't until the third century that churches had what we call churches. Up until that time, they didn't have separate buildings for the gathering of the people of God. They met in in a person's home or in people's homes. Here in Rome, they met in the home of Priscilla and Aquila. And he's speaking there of the fellowship of those believers. That was the church. This is a reminder, a lesson to us that the church isn't primarily about buildings, the church is a fellowship, a partnership of believers. And you can sense his thankfulness for. Those times of fellowship that local bodies like this one enjoyed. Look at verse 16 in this chapter. You see this same fellowship of believers. Greet one another with a holy kiss. How would you have reacted this morning if during the fellowship time Glenn had said, Now this morning let's switch things up just a bit and you give someone a big fat smacker in the name of the Lord. Sort of a cultural way of doing it back then. Uh, they greeted each other with a, with a holy kiss. Now I'm thinking if someone did that to me, it wouldn't be holy for long. But we have other ways, don't we? What he's getting at is expressions of fellowship. For them it was this way. For us it may be a handshake, it may be a hug, it may be a pat on the back. Maybe may be a fist bump, it may be a chest bump, it may be something else. Expressions of fellowship that are reminders of the fellowship of believers that is the church. In the rest of verse 16 he says, all the churches of Christ send you greetings. That's a reminder to us of the broadness of fellowship that is the church. That it's not just fellowship Among those within one local church. But it extends beyond that church to include all other true churches. And all other true Christians. Look at verses 21 through 23. Here he's ending up his greetings. And so he says, Timothy, my co-worker, and Lucius, and Jason, and... So Sipater, my fellow countrymen, greet you. It's like as he's writing this, they're standing around and they say, and you've had this happen on the phone, you're talking with someone else, someone is there with you, and they say, hey, tell them I said hello. And then someone else, yeah, tell them I said hello too. And that's what's going on here. You can sense the spirit of fellowship. Verse 22, I Turchis, who wrote this letter, he was the one who... Took the words of Paul and wrote them down. I greet you in the Lord. Verse 23, Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Hortus greet you as well. I want you to think about the fellowship of believers, the partnership that we're in. Think about that fellowship everywhere. How far it extends, how how far back it extends, how far into the future it's going to extend. Think of the fellowship of believers that exist here. Think of our times of fellowship like right now. You do know, by the way, you don't have to eat a meal to call it fellowship. Although that sure makes it a whole lot better, doesn't it? Think about the expressions of fellowship that we share. The broadness of our fellowship. The spirit of fellowship that we can feel. And give thanks for that. Fourth, give thanks for those in the church who have a special place in your heart. Give thanks for those in the church who have a special place in your heart. Look at verse 5. The second part of it. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. You see, this was a guy Paul calls him out because he had a special place in Paul's heart. He was the first convert to Jesus from that area, that particular area of the world. You know who the first people I ever met from this church were? John Newton and K.J. Lazenby. And they have a special place in my heart. Or maybe I should just say, they're special. That's why I felt so compelled to come here. I said, because if they represent the church, those folks need big time help. Now think of those in our church who have a special place in your heart. Give thanks for them. I can think of so many down through the years from churches that have a special place in my heart. I can think and I am thinking of so many of you. For many different reasons, you occupy this special place in my heart. And I am very thankful. Fifth, give thanks for those who work hard for you and the church. Give thanks for those who work hard for you and the church. Look at verse 6. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you, for that church. Look at verse 12. Greet Trephana and Trephosa. Sounds like a line from Laverne and Shirley theme song, doesn't it? Trephana, Trephosa, Haas and Pepper Incorporated. Some people suggest that this indicates that they were twin sisters. The point about them, though, is that they have worked very hard in the Lord. And Paul may have been uh, doing a subtle play on words because their names meant delicate and dainty. But he notes them for doing hard work. Greet my dear friend Persis, who has worked very hard in the Lord. Think of those who work hard in the church. Of those who don't just serve, but they go the extra mile. And don't just think of those who work hard. Think of those who do the hard work that nobody else wants to do. Uh, Work in the nursery. And on and on we could go. Give thanks for them. Sixth. Give thanks for your close friends in the church. Give thanks for your close friends in the church. Look at verse 8. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Verse 9. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Look at verse 12. Greet my dear friend Persis. Think of your close friends in this church. In your church. From other churches. I thought about this, and I'm absolutely certain that this is correct. Most of my best friends are friends that I've been a part of churches with. Most of my best friends are that way. People I've been in churches with. I love them. And I have them here. Let's give thanks for those who stick closer than a brother. Seventh. Give thanks for those in the church who share a bond and suffer with you. Give thanks for those in the church who share a bond and suffer with you. Look at verse 7. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow countrymen. That means they were Jews too. And fellow prisoners, so either they had served time with Paul or they had served time like Paul. Either way, there was a bond there. They are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles. Now, that can be taken a couple of ways. Either that they were noteworthy among the apostles... If that's the case, then it doesn't mean they were one of the twelve. There were twelve special apostles. That would be just the general usage of the word apostles, messengers of the church. Or probably it means they are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles. The apostles thought highly of them. Makes sense because he goes on to say, they were also in Christ. They were saved before I was. Look at verse 11. Greet Herodian, my fellow countrymen now think of those that you share a bond with maybe it's a common background like say for instance you're from Marengo County to all of my Marengo County peeps in our church everybody can't be from the best place can they maybe it's a common interest that you share. And you, look, we ain't fooling anybody. I see how the Alabama fans all get together on Sunday morning. And the Auburn fans. And the Ole Miss fans. And I see John Estes and Gregory Jen Wright get together and lick their Florida wounds every once in a while. Maybe it's a common experience. A good experience. Or maybe a not so good experience. Give thanks for those that you share a bond with. Now think of those who have suffered with you. Or who maybe suffer with you right now. They're suffering with you. They're right there. I think of those who were with us when my nephew Quinn got killed in the car wreck. Right after he died, I remember getting off the elevator and there was Glenn. I remember Jason coming down the night he had the, the car wreck. I remember Terry Chapman being at the emergency room in Mobile when I got there. I remember John and KJ being down there. I remember many, many others coming to the funeral. I think of those who have been with us and... In all of the times when my, my dad's been sick and Cheryl's dad, And I'm thankful for you. Give thanks for those who suffer with you. Eighth. Give thanks for how Jesus makes us part of the church. Give thanks for how Jesus makes us part of the church. Look at verse 10. Greet apollos who is approved... In Christ. You see, it's being approved in Christ that makes us a part of the church. It's not because we're so approvable, it's because in Jesus we are approved. In verse 13, and greet Rufus, who is chosen in the Lord. That makes us part of the church. We're chosen to be a part of it. So give thanks for Jesus. Give thanks for approval in him that makes us part of his body and his bride. Give thanks for being chosen in Jesus to be a part of his called out ones. We can also give thanks for those he makes a part of our church. Like he had made Apollos and Rufus a part of his church We've had some recently. We have more that are on the way. Give thanks for those. Maybe the language here is speaking of how Apollos and Rufus were choice servants of God. Proven. Give thanks for those two. Ninth, give thanks for special families in the church. Give thanks for special families in the church. Look at the second part of verse 10. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. We know nothing else about this family. But obviously they deserve mention. He uses the same language at the end of verse 11. Greet those who belong to the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Some special family. I'm thankful for a special family in Bethlehem Baptist Church in Octagon, Alabama. The Vicks. They gave me Cheryl. They are a special family in that church. But you know what? They don't know it. And they don't think it. That's what makes them special. It's like that old country song, She Don't Know She's Beautiful. It's what makes them a little more beautiful, right? We have some special families in our church, don't we? And it's not because they think they're special. You know, those that do aren't all that special. It's not because they know they're special. It's not because they demand special treatment. But they're special. I'll tell you what, all of you families that are here this morning, you're special to me. Now, don't tell those that to those that aren't here this morning. I love the families that come. Give thanks for special families in the church. Tenth, give thanks for those in the church who are like family. Give thanks for those in the church who are like family. Look at verse 13. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Now, Paul's probably not talking about his literal brother and his literal mother, but he's speaking of a woman who was like a mother to him. And a man who was like a brother to him. I I grew up envying my friends who lived around their family, their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents. I never did. Four hours was as close as I ever was to anybody in my family. But you know, God gave me grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers. I always wanted a brother, always wanted to get rid of a sister. God gave me people like this in all of the churches I've been part of, and it's the same here. My kids have said to me on more than one occasion, individually, not knowing what the others have said, you know, Daddy, uh, or Dad, KJ, Mr. KJ, he's like another grandpa to us. And I agree, he's like another grandpa to me. Thank you, Pops. (laughs) uh, Cheryl says he's like my boyfriend because he carries me out to eat once a week. (laughs) Now think of those who are like family. Give thanks for them. Eleventh. Give thanks for small groups in the church. Look at verses 14 and 15. He says, Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon. Sounds like a characters from Star Trek, doesn't it? Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who were with them. We don't know anything about them, but they were some small group in the church that had a connection. Maybe they were a house church themselves split off from the church at Rome. Verse 15, a similar group. Beat or greet Philogus and Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Small groups are like small churches. That's where relationships are built. That's why every one of us that are members of this church should be a part of some small group. In particular, Sunday school class if we can. Give thanks for small groups. Twelfth. Give thanks for the spiritual ability and success of the church. Give thanks for the spiritual ability and success of the church. Look at verse 19. The report of your obedience has reached everyone. This was spiritual success. They had obeyed the gospel. In keeping with that, they were obedient followers of Christ Uh, The news of that had spread all around. It created for them a wonderful reputation, one that Paul had even heard about. He said, because of this, therefore I rejoice over you. I'm thankful for you for this reason. And this goes back to his opening comments in writing the letter. Chapter 1, verse 8. He said, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. Two weeks ago, not two weeks ago, several weeks ago, I was preaching from chapter 15, verse 14. And I I thought of you all that time as I was getting ready for it. Verse 14, it said, My brothers, I myself am convinced about you that you are full of goodness Filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. And that's the way I feel about you. I sit down there sometimes and I listen to various folks from our church speak on something's behalf. And I think, wow, we have a lot of talent. A lot of ability in this church. It's not always that way. It makes me rejoice. Rejoice. Makes me very thankful. Give thanks for the spiritual ability and success of the church. Thirteenth. Give thanks for the warnings of God we receive in the church. Give thanks for the warnings of God we receive in the church. Look at verse 19. The second part. But I want you to be wise about what is good, yet innocent about what is evil. This is a warning. Do you take it that way? It's a warning from Paul because he's inspired. It's a warning from God to this church. The warning is, be wise about what is good, be innocent about what is evil. It sounds very much like a well-known quote from Jesus. Where he said Matthew chapter 10 verse 16, be as wise or as shrewd as serpents and as gentle or as harmless as doves. Sometimes the people of God get it just the opposite, don't we? We read about a time like that recently in our Sunday night reading. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 22 says, My people are skilled in doing what is evil, but they don't know how to do what is good. Well, that's why we have a warning like this. God's saying, hey, you need to be all about skill in the doing of good and all about innocence in the area of evil. Think of God's warnings that you receive in the church. Think about warnings that you have received in the church that have kept you from doing certain things or becoming a certain person. Warnings like the passage we studied last week in verses 17 and 18 about false prophets. As you think of these warnings, give thanks. Fourteenth. Now how many of you thought that I'd be saying that before 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock this morning? Maybe 12 o'clock you did. Fourteenth, give thanks for the promises of God we learn in the church. Give thanks for the promises of God we learn in the church. Look at verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's a promise. A promise for the future. A promise that goes back to the most essential promise of Scripture that in Christ, God will make everything right one day. That in this world of war and fighting and struggle, even internally, God will bring peace, wholeness. Another word the Bible uses for this is new. He will make everything new again. The Creator will recreate. You know this specific promise here in verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet? That ought to sound familiar to many of you. It goes all the way back to an early promise in Scripture, Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, when after the fall into sin... God spoke to Eve about a seed, a child that would come from her. And he said about that child, he will crush the serpent's head. And he has. It's done. It's finished. It's a certain promise. We don't experience all the reality of it yet. But it's been done so it will be done. Just as all the promises of God are certain, this one is. Now I want you to think about promises like this one that you have learned in church and give thanks. Fifteenth, give thanks for the prayers of those in the church and the grace of God to the church. Give thanks for the prayers of those in the church and the grace of God to the church. Look at the last part of verse 20. It says the same thing in verse 24. We'll just read it here in verse 20. The grace of our Lord Jesus. In verse 24 it says Christ be with you or be with all of you. Paul was praying here. He was praying for God's grace, the grace of Christ. The grace that comes through Christ to be with the church at Rome. I want you to think of the prayers for you from people in this church. Prayers that are ongoing, prayers that have been done in the past, prayers from the people of God in other churches. Give thanks. And give thanks for answered prayers. Like this one, Paul prayed that the grace of God would be with the church at Rome. That prayer was answered because you know the grace of God is with the church. The grace of God is with all of us, with every church, every true church. The grace of God is with every born-again believer. The grace of God is with us. It's with you, believer. It's with our church. Give thanks for God's grace, for His favor that's unmerited. As I think about things to give thanks for, one of the first things I think about always is the church and the impact that it's had on my life. And I am thankful. I mean genuinely thankful for the church. Folks, the church hasn't been a detriment in my life at all. The church has been a primary means of God saving me. And the primary means of God sanctifying me. As I think about this church, about you, and about us, I am very thankful I love you. I love us. And I give thanks. I'm sure you feel the same way. At the very least, I'm sure that you should. Join me in this Thanksgiving season in giving thanks for the church. You know, the church is the body of Christ, it's his bride, his family his kingdom, and we become a part of him, his bride, his body, his kingdom through realizing that naturally we aren't because we're sinful, we're sinners, we disobey God, we did it when Adam did it and then we turn around and do it in our own lives and this sin separates us from God It places us under the wrath and the judgment of God. It makes us an enemy of God. And when we realize this, we should be sorry and broken and humble. And afraid. And searching for a way to be right with our Creator that we're not right with. I say we should be searching for the way to be right with Him. You know that way is Jesus. If you don't, that way is Jesus. He's the only way. Turn from the way you're going in life. And look, apart from Christ, we're all headed in the opposite direction of God. Some just go faster than others. We're all headed in the wrong direction. Turn from the way you're going, if you have not, to Jesus. Seek mercy and grace and forgiveness from Him. Place your faith on Him to be forgiven to be made right with God, to receive eternal life. You can count on Him because He and He alone is Lord and Savior. He is the only one who's lived a life that that lived up to God's demands, who died on the cross to take the punishment for sinners, who conquered death by rising from the grave. If you'll trust on him to save you, he will save you. And he'll make you a part of his church with all the benefits that are a part of it. And then you can join the rest of us in giving thanks for the church.